Parents, welcome to another episode of The Journey, a podcast intended to educate, equip, and entertain you as we talk about important issues facing our families. PCA is a Christ-centered, biblically-based, and family-focused community of committed believers doing life together. We hope the information you hear on this podcast informs and inspires you to be a better parent. Welcome to The Journey. All right, parents, welcome back to The Journey. This is Dan Panetti, and I've got a couple good friends, and we're talking re-enrollment. And and before um, we dive into re-enrollment, I just want to let you know, this is my last. This is not all about me, but this is my last re-enrollment. So we will re-enroll Campbell as a senior, right? After I've re-enrolled, Angie, I don't know how many times I've actually re-enrolled my kids, like 70, right? Quite a few. <laughs> but this is my last one. So Angie Gray, um, Director of Admissions, right? And uh, Emery Petroff, you're on the board, the ambassador board. So right. you guys um, are going to help us and from a parent perspective kind of understand uh, re-enrollment and the email that just went out about the tuition increase and just what does that mean? What, is, what do we need to know from a parent perspective? Um, and so I know our parents are, are you know, thinking about re-enrollment and hopefully, um, you know, they're looking at uh, PCA as a uh, as an value add for their family. Um, but there's a lot of decisions that go into this. And so I just wanted to make sure that we have that conversation with our parents about not only what they get from PCA, which, you know, I spend a lot of our time with our alumni and it's amazing to hear, right. When those students leave and they realize how valuable PCA was in their development for the years that they spent here, a lot of parents don't, you know, they don't understand how valuable that's going to be once they leave and they go out there in the world of what they've learned here, they're taking with them. And that's such a great thing. So where do you want to, where do you want to start on just kind of re-enrollment and what our parents need to know? Well, first of all, our parents need to know that re-enrollment goes live on January the 15th. Okay. Which it's all set up to go live. So even though it's not a work day, that is when we would encourage parents to um, hop on my PCA and access their contract. And that lets us know that parents are intending to send their kids back. Fantastic. And we hold those students' spots for them until January 31st every okay. year. And so until January 31st, spot is secure for next year. But after the 31st, we would open any unclaimed spots for new applicants. And, of course, we start accepting applications for new students on October 1st each year. So we have a lot. Um, got a ton over the, the Christmas break. Yeah. And and so we have people who are ready to receive that that offer of acceptance, but we always wait to have our returning students indicate if they'll rejoin us first. That's and fantastic. that's what we want. Yep. We want our families to return to us. We want our students to return to us. That's how we uh, preserve and protect our culture. We are so blessed at PCA that we don't have a lot of attrition every year. And so we always aim to have over 90% of our students to return. Yeah. And there's some reasons that obviously parents, you know, don't. Yes. Um, there's people who move. There's jobs that change. Sometimes there's right. just a financial aspect. That's right. Um, you know, that uh, a private school obviously uh, is an expense um, that you've got to figure out. How do we afford this? Yes. Um, and I just, I, Emery and I were talking before we started recording. It's like I wish Texas would figure out, as well as the other 38 states in the country, um, that there are other ways of providing resources because we still pay taxes and we provide for public education, but then we have to take out of our pocket for our private education. And 38 states have figured out how to you know give money back to the parents that's their money texas hasn't figured that out yet until that happens which i know dr goddard's been working on that with our state legislators and until that happens we really are a self-sustaining right school system yes right that we don't have all the public dollars coming in from all the other people that live in our city it's just the people that go to pca that build the buildings 
That's right? right? Turn on the lights, pay the teachers, and make this thing happen. That's and right. for right for the past almost 30 years, right, the PCA community has done this, and it's been an incredible, incredible thing that we are sitting uh, on this campus, right, a beautiful, beautiful campus, right, with the church, with the school, all together, um, and that the parents that have gone before us have built these buildings, um, and the teachers that are here have been paid, and we have had an incredible school system. So I'm blessed, tremendously blessed. I know North Campus, right, is kind of in that earlier stages uh, where they're, you know, going to be looking at not just um, you know, providing, you know, teachers and schools and lights, but they're going to be looking at building buildings as well coming up in the future. And the Plano campus, obviously, over the last 27 years has done that in addition. Um, so those things are all things to be taken into consideration. But, right, part of that is a tuition increase, which every year you guys sit down and, and the board kind of evaluates what do we need to do to make sure that this thing keeps on going? So, right. Emory, I know your committee is in charge of that. What <laughs> What do you, right? What's that board discussion look like, and what does your committee specifically do? Sure. Yeah. So, first of all, Emory Petrov, uh, Data Four. We are very invested in PCA, and so you know, uh, I, I'm on the parent side as well. So, anytime it's a it's a nice increase, that's that's great. And when it's when it's a hard, harder one like last year, I we feel that as well. So. And, and really, the, the board is made. So let me step back, Dan, real quick. The board, we have an ambassador board that's made up of anywhere from 12 to 16 members. Mm-hmm. Varies from year to year based on who's rolling off. Um, it's a six-year term. And basically, the folks are uh, appointed, if you will. You know, they're, they're recommended by leadership, by, by other board members, whatnot. It's kind of like a deacon at, at Preston. Sure. You go through a very lengthy process to be accepted. And then once you're on the board, we have really three different main committees that, you, that every board member is a part of. Mm-hmm. You have the KC which is the Kingdom Culture Committee. You have the Development Committee, uh, which really raises money for capital projects you talked about, and we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that in a few minutes. And then lastly is the Finance and Operations Committee, the FIOPS Committee. That's what I'm a part of. Uh, have the, the pleasure of chairing the last couple of years. And really, we have several main charters. One of them is balance, helping the business office to balance the budget every year. Okay. And then what factors into that, obviously, is re-enrollment. So we take a lot of Angie's work and her team's work and factor that in. But then also, um, you know, tuition. You know, what is our tuition going to be set at? And so it's a very stringent process. We, we generally start in October with looking at our current year budget mm-hmm. and then start forecasting to next year. And as you can imagine, it's, it's tricky, right? We're talking about next school year. And so we do our best to, you know, Dr. Williams in the business office, they sit down with each department and talk about their needs for next year. And then we just kind of, you know, a lot of cases whittle it back from there and, and get to a number that everybody's comfortable with. And then that's how we use to kind of set, set tuition. But we have multiple meetings in October and November. And then usually we present kind of our preliminary findings to the board in November and say we still have work to do, but this is kind of the range we're looking at. Right. And we get their input. And then we kind of come to them in December with a final, kind of a final answer. And then we vote on it. And if it's like last year, which we can talk about, and it's a bigger increase than normal, there was a lot of back and forth with the overall board until we finally made a, a decision in right around Christmas time. It was late last year. And the idea is, we started this, I think, five or six years ago, is to let parents know. As Angie said, you have re-enrollment coming up in January. We'd like to let our folks know what is it going to look like for next year, right? Give them as much data as they possibly can have. And so that's generally the process, you know, and, and how it works. Yeah, and you said last year some of the things that you guys were talking about as a board and as a FIOPS committee 
were some of the things in terms of, you know, you and I were talking about, I have a, you know, 30 year old house um, and there's a lot of things that are starting to break down. Yes. And, and, you know, if you had told me when I bought the house, Hey, (laughs) 10, 15 years from now, that air conditioning unit, right. You know, that's going to be a big expenditure. You might want to start putting away money for that. Right. I probably wouldn't have done it. Okay. And mm-hmm. so now as I'm looking at those things, I'm like, oh, that's a big expenditure. But that's one of the things that you are, you guys looked at that last year where that big increase came from was there are a few things that you're kind of looking at from a facility standpoint that you're saying, ooh, like we've got to start putting some things to get ready for those things to happen. So that's Correct. where some of that increase came from last year. And you guys starting to build that into some of the expenditures that are going to come out. Yes, it definitely was. You explained it well. I mean, it was like I said, we have 20 year old. We have an, we have an old house, so we get we, it. Exactly. <laughs> and so, yeah, that's exactly what we have here in Plano. Yeah. You know, outside of the middle school, obviously, which is yeah. a newer building. But, um, you know, we have rooftops that need to start being looked at, you know, repaired slash replaced. We have, we have AC units. You can imagine how many they have around here. Lighting fixtures, lighting electrical systems, really. And so it's nothing that we did wrong in the past. Mm-hmm. It was just now was the time we have got to start, yep. you know, saving for that. And honestly, it's, it's a five-year plan. Um, and we spent a good amount of money last year on pre-ordering, just to give you an example, pre-ordering some AC units okay. that will arrive, I believe, this summer. Because that's the other thing we have to factor in is you can't do work around here year-round, yep. right? Big projects mainly have to be done in the summertime or over winter break. And so we have to plan for that as well. And so we had to plan for the AC units as, was really one of the bigger ones yeah. um, for this upcoming year. And so, yeah. yeah, unfortunately, we had to do a large increase last year uh, just to get that underway. It'll be, we think, hopefully a five-year you know, campaign to, to, to raise those dollars um, through tuition. And the other big part I do want to mention, Dan, is you know a large percentage of our increase every year goes to teachers and staff in, right. in, in their increase. And last year specifically, you know, a lot of the surrounding public schools and whatnot, they had large increases for their teachers. You know, I think COLA, the the, the measurement the government uses every year for, for Social Security, I believe last year was like 8.7% increase. Yeah. So everything was up last year, well, as, honestly, as we know. COVID affected that dramatically. COVID affected that, yes. Right? I think a lot of people realized, oh my goodness, teachers are really tremendously important and valuable. Absolutely. And a lot of teachers realized, you know what, this whole COVID thing, right? That was It was a very difficult thing to go through and to teach through. Um, and so, you know, keeping teachers, retaining teachers, getting good people to yes. pursue teaching, Right, you've got to put some money there. You do, right? And because, we, because it's just—it's a lot easier to go make money doing something else, and you don't have to put up with thirty kids who are not interested in what's going on. Right, from a public school standpoint, it's a very difficult thing. Here, it it's a—I think it's a much better environment from a teaching standpoint, but right, the the pay is less. And so, as you're looking at teachers coming into this, you're thinking, oh, it's going to be a better environment to work in, but how much can I actually sacrifice just from a pay standpoint? So, you guys said, hey, let's. Let's bridge that gap a little bit, which is a great thing from our teachers. Absolutely, as we know, we have the, we have the greatest teachers in the world. I would I would tell anybody Sixth grade, that, especially especially. And uh, we we wanted to make sure that we were as competitive as we could be. Yes, we're still not quite there yet. I think with some of the public schools, but we're we're doing our best. And that that was another big factor that went into last year's increase. And yeah. honestly, every year, just so everybody knows that every year, a large percentage of our increase in tuition goes to our teachers and staff. Yeah. Now, um, Angie, you give a re-enrollment survey, mm-hmm. right? Every year, what kind of things are you like looking for our parents to give feedback on like when you hear feedback every year yes. I mean what, what's done with that re-enrollment survey and then how do we respond to those things so that survey really gets parents input on everything from the quality of facilities mm-hmm. 
um, to the quality of instruction that's taking place in the classroom. And we want to know about all of those things because this is a partnership. Um, you know, PCA partners with parents so that we can provide the very best educational environment for their kids and so we want to know how our parents feel and so when we get that data from our parents and we certainly hope that every parent will fill that out for us um, we uh, you know obviously have that data synthesized and and summarized and put together and then we start looking for trends Mm -hmm. that are present we compare it uh, to the previous years we always look at a five-year glance to say what has increased what has decreased Um, we look at um, um, you know anything and everything that can let us know are we doing the very best job to serve our families yeah. because we want our parents to uh, to see value in what they are getting and just as you said hey it's a sacrifice it's a sacrifice to pay tuition yeah. it's expensive um, it's in addition to those taxes that parents are already paying and so um, you know we are very committed to stewarding those resources well what parents are entrusting to us, of course, first of all, their children, but knowing that they are entrusting us with um, those hard-earned dollars. Yeah. And so we want to make sure that we are listening to what our parents say and we're responding the very best way that we can. Yeah, I think that that's a key word. You guys talked about this uh, at the meeting, just the stewardship principle to yes. make sure that our parents know and understand that the work that you're doing from a board perspective, right, is being a wise steward of the resources. And you said the yeah. students and the finances, right? And I think right. both of those are so important, right? If, if right. a parent is sending their son or daughter to go to PCA, obviously from a spiritual perspective, from a mental health perspective, from an educational perspective, all those things are such an important factor. But the money is important too, right? Yes. I'm, I'm sending my money to follow my kid, mm-hmm. and I want you to steward that as well. And I think that's an important thing when you walk through PCA that you don't see a misuse of the funds, right? right? You see a school that has the necessary things so that your son and daughter is getting the best education, right? But it's, it's not a misuse of those, of those resources. You guys take that really seriously on your committee. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. We, we take that very seriously. And again, just to, to round out the team, uh, Dr. Williams is very involved mm-hmm. in the business office. They do a great job every year. They're the ones who really prepare the budget. We just help oversee it yep. and, you know, poke holes and that, that sort of thing. Um, but, but, yeah, they do a wonderful job. And I can tell you from a parent perspective, from a board perspective, however, however you want to look at it, they, they really do their very best to steward what they have. You know, and it's, it's a struggle every year. It really is. You look around and see all the wonderful things we have, which, which is really great. But there are so many areas where we just we don't have enough in some cases, and we have to make cuts. And so, yeah, they, they really do. I think they do a great job of stewarding what they have. And, yeah. and, and we are very sensitive to that. Yeah. I, want, I want everybody to understand that. Yeah. Very sensitive to the dollars that are brought in that they are stewarded the right way. Yeah. Now you did mention that there's a difference between um, what tuition covers yes. um, and then other things like the building that we're sitting in yes. is, it was actually not paid for by tuition. It was paid for by a capital campaign right. of parents and students that went here right in the previous years, which is one of my, my favorite things to do is have an alumni, right? When we do an alumni podcast, we'll bring them in here. And for a lot of our alumni, they didn't have this building. Yep. Right. They started over at the church um, and, you know, they had portables and they started over at the old church, remember Hillcrest and Arapahoe. And so we bring some of those OGers in here and it's like they look around it's like this wasn't here. And so that's one of the great things that we have. But tuition doesn't cover that. No. And so what what is tuition specifically cover? And then what's in addition to that? Yeah. So tuition specifically covers, like I said, salaries for, for the teachers and staff and it covers operations of the school. Okay. So keeping the lights on. Um, you know, all the educational stuff we need, um, you know, um, 
transportation, you know, to a lot of different school school sponsored events, that sort of thing. I know sports sometimes a little bit different. They pay they pay separate, but yeah, just I mean, really everything to run the school. And, and curriculum. And you, curriculum, exactly. Mm-hmm. Curriculum. So you bring up a great point. It, it is not for capital things. So to use our middle school for, as an example, that mm-hmm. was a separate capital project that the development committee, one of the committees I mentioned earlier, uh, they steward that. Our whole development team, they do a wonderful job of raising capital. So they do like, you know, the PCA fund every year. That's for general maintenance. Zig Ziglar, obviously, we all know what that's for. That's for, you know, scholarship money. But then on top of that, when it's time for a capital campaign, which if I'm not mistaken, at some point here up north, they will they will undertake that for the right. school. Um, that That is separate. That is not part of your tuition. Right. So I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that. Because a lot of folks you know, they, they feel like that's that's part of it. It's really not. And what I mentioned earlier was more of what I call operational capital, if you mm-hmm. will, for the AC units to, to keep them keep them running. Otherwise, yeah. we're we're sitting in hundred degree you know weather, uh, teaching our kids. So um, so that's not really capital either. That's more operational you know maintenance. Right. If you will. Now, now you did mention um, the word scholarship mm-hmm. uh, as part of Zig Ziglar. Right. And so I think a lot of our parents might wait, I didn't I didn't know we gave scholarships. Right. Do we get NIL money as well for athletes? No, I'm just kidding. Um, so, <laughs> but let's, let's explain, because that scholarship is all need based. It is need. based, Right. So we're not talking about athletic scholarships. What, no. you know, what other schools or whatever districts are doing. Right. PCA. Right. We have a need based scholarship. Right. Okay. That families who are looking for financial assistance can apply for. And there's actually an outside organization that helps Mm -hmm. address those particular things. Angie, you can speak to that. That's right. It's a separate application than the application for admission. Okay. Um, And so, and and of course, once students are um, enrolled here, then they reapply every year with a company called FACTS, Mm F-A-C-T-S, and they collect that financial information. They verify it with tax records, and then they send that, uh, it's all put into a formula, and then they send that over to our tuition assistance committee, and then they work through that you know, student by student. And they are looking, just as you said, for that uh, financial need to be demonstrated. Um, As you mentioned, we don't give any type of scholarships on the basis of merit, whether athletic merit or academic or arts, nothing like that. It's all need-based tuition assistance. And that's kind of, that's important. It's an important aspect to think about from our particular perspective as a Christian school, that that has always been an important part that we've done because we want to have um, diversity, right, from an economic standpoint. Uh, and to be able to do that, right, you need to have some families who have extra resources to be generous and to say, hey, we want to be able to bring in families that are struggling financially, right, and need a little bit of assistance. And can I tell you that the generosity of the PCA community over the years has been astronomical. Yeah. Yes. I mean, we, we give away an incredible amount of money from a financial standpoint to help yes. families in need, right? Now, not everybody, you know, it gets the same amount, right? right? And that's right. one of the things is, you know, some families are getting you know, a little bit, some families are getting a little bit more, but it's an amazing aspect to make sure, right, that families who really want a kingdom education at least have access and an opportunity, right? right? That that somebody's going to come along and say, I know this is going to be a tough stretch for you, but let's help you out a little bit. And then those families can make a decision whether that's something that they want for their kids and they're financially able to do it. But at least there's an option, right? I always tell people, you know, it's like, well, we can never afford PCA. I'm like, apply, Mm-hmm. and find out absolutely yes. because you don't know what you can afford and what the help will be until you apply and you find out mm-hmm. yes. and, and there's a lot of families here right that have said wow i didn't think i could afford pca 
but because of the generosity of the PCA community, families have been able to be supported along the way. Now, that's not part of tuition. No. That's going to be part of the Zig, right? And it's amazing. I love the Zig Ziglar event. We're going to be talking about that, John Maxwell and all the stuff's coming mm -hmm. up. Um, but that's another thing, right, that, that we do at PCA, right? So there's lots of opportunities, um, you know, for people to give and for people to give, uh, you know, in addition to. But tuition's just a set number, right? right? Everybody has to pay this particular amount, and that's what you base it off of. So this year, there's going to be a 2% increase over last year, Correct. which is significantly smaller, not only than last year, but is actually significantly smaller than a lot of other schools in the area. Yes, that's another good point. So one of the, one of the data points we take every year is gather as much data as we can mm -hmm. from offset schools. And Angie helps a lot with that and other, other folks in the business office. And we take that into account and we, we do the best we can to, you know, be, be competitive. Because yeah. that's, that's the thing. We walk that fine line, right? We want the best for our students. We want the absolute best education at excellence at, at all, you know, everywhere. Well, a lot of times with excellence comes, comes cost. Yes. So we have to balance that, you know, but we also don't want to price out our families. And so we work really hard, honestly. We, we, we work really hard to try to balance those two the best we can. And so we look at offsetting um, schools, like you said. Last year, we were kind of right on par with what other folks did. This year, I, we don't, I don't think we have their numbers yet, but I'd, I'd venture to guess we'll be, we'll be below them. And we were able to do that in part because of last year, but also because, um, you know, we, we've, we've, the, the business office worked really hard, really hard to turn every knob that they could to, to make it as affordable as possible yeah. for everybody. Yeah. So. Well, I think you guys do a great job. Um, PCA is worth the investment. Uh, and that, you know, of course, we're coming at it from not just a financial standpoint, but a spiritual standpoint. Yeah. Uh, it's worth the investment um, for my family, right? We've had three that have graduated from PCA. Uh, they were prepared academically and spiritually and culturally for the world and whatever college and life has thrown at them. So, um, as again, as I said, this is my last re-enrollment. So, Angie, sorry, this is the it's last time I get that email end. from you and, and get to re-enroll Campbell. But it, it, has, it has been a blessing. I'm glad God uh, drug us here kicking and screaming, right? Um, you know, because I was not a, a private school advocate. Trisha was a public school teacher, and we were public school all the way. Uh, and God completely changed the focus of our family uh, and brought us to PCA. And it has been a tremendous blessing. I could not imagine. My kids, would, if they sat here, they'd tell you the same thing. Could not imagine not having the PCA influence and helping them in their spiritual development um, and prepare them academically just for life. And so it has been a, a great investment for our family because we've gotten way more out of it than we've put into it. Yeah. So. I just want to say, Dan, I, I feel the same way. I think the last time I was on this podcast, we talked about Gratitude. that. You, Gratitude. You know, I, I can speak for Amy, my wife, my four kids that range from, you know, fourth grade to 10th grade. We are thrilled. Yeah. I mean, you know, there is no perfect place, but this place is awesome. And yeah. we couldn't imagine our, our, you know, our kids being anywhere else. And what really gets me excited is talking to a lot of alumni. Like you mentioned, I have a lot of friends that have, you know, alumni, PCA alumni now, not only spiritually, which is most important, were they prepared, but also academically. You know, a lot of them went on to college and went to very prestigious colleges that said, hey, PCA really prepared me for that. So I just, on a positive note, want to throw that out to the parents. Like, it, PCA will prepare your student for whatever is next yeah. and that's really and, and can I, say, I think the biggest thing because you threw out the word prestigious college and i think a, a lot of people immediately thought come someplace up in the northeast okay can i tell you right now we're going to prepare your kid 
to love God right. and to love this country. Right. And you know what? A lot of those places that, you know, years past would have been places that, oh, let's send our kid here. It's like those places are not places we want to send our kids right. anymore. Right. And so it's a very unfortunate thing. But when our kids are grounded here in the word and they see the world for what it is, there's a lot of places that they simply don't want to go to. Right. It's not worth the $60,000 to run to someplace to hear the exact opposite of everything that you've been taught and everything that you know is right and true and good. Absolutely. And so our, our kids will be prepared for the world regardless of where they go. And if they want to run up to those northeastern places, <laughs> right, they will be a light in a dark place. They will. And we'll prepare them for that. So incredible opportunity. Angie, thanks for the work that you do um, in you, working Dan. with our families as they're looking at PCA. Because I know you're kind of that, that first person that they, you know, get exposed to. They get that, that you know, welcome from you and, and they get to get ask all the questions and you do a great job of that. But Emery, thanks for your work on the board um, of making sure that, you know, the direction is set, um, the work is being done, the lights stay on, the teachers get paid, um, and we continue the mission, right, that was started, you know, almost 30 years ago at yep. PCA. So what a blessing to be a part of it. What a so, great honor. Great thanks honor. for your time. Thank, Thank you, guys. Yeah. Thank you for investing the time to listen to this episode of The Journey. Please take a minute to share with friends and family who will also benefit from this valuable resource. And don't forget to rate and review this podcast on your favorite podcast app. It is truly our blessing and honor to walk with you on The Journey.